other day. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays edition of Defending the Kingdom. Mitch Holtis with you, the voice of the Chiefs, along with senior team reporter Matt McMullen. Those of you who are watching and listening see that these uh, awesome Christmas sweaters from the uh, pro shop. But, yeah. you know, feel you need a little fire behind us and very cozy. You know what's funny about these is we've worn these for, like, everything we've done this week, but I've never <laughs> worn it to work. So people around the office have seen me in other things. Then in the afternoon they see me wearing this, and they've got to be wondering, is he just super into the holiday spirit or what? Full disclosure, were you scared to wear it before? Uh, I wouldn't say I was scared. I kind of like it. It's cool. Um, it's but I don't super know if it's, comfortable. I don't know if it's necessarily work attire. Like, I don't want to yeah. walk in and, and pass people wearing it necessarily, but, you know. Whatever. It's the holiday season. I didn't want Coach Reed to see me in this. Yeah. like I, I don't like, want to be in the press conference room, and yeah. it's like, are you kidding? Like, yeah. That's what are you were? Are you wore? not focused? Yeah. Uh, and then, <laughs> do you think Patrick and, and Kels would wear this? Yeah. I, I've seen some of the guys wearing these after games, because it's, it's Harrison Butker's, like, brand. These yeah. are, like, his brand oh, of this clothing. this is. I was asked. I didn't know if this was his stuff, so it is. Yeah, it is. Okay. This is Harrison's brand, so they're okay. supporting him. So some of the guys have worn these uh, around, the, like, around the locker room and stuff, okay. but uh, now we're included in that. Would Cousin Eddie wear it? Yeah, I think so. I think he would. Yeah. Hey, it's full. That's where he's out there. Anyway, uh, so we digress, but now we get ready and focused. Uh, this week's Defending the Kingdom is SOP, and that is staying on point. But before we dive into staying on point, uh, let's check in with a big feature on Defending the Kingdom. That's at our spin around the world during the holidays. Yep, a DTK tradition. So we have eight today in honor of it maybe being eight degrees on Saturday. Yeah, or Minus eight. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but the eight people today, we have Fred in Asheville, North Carolina. We have a listener in Missoula, Montana. Uh, Rasta is in North Myrtle Beach, declared at Kingdom in Carolina. We've heard from Rasta before. Cole is checking in from his basement in Lee's Summit. Cole runs the How About Those Chiefs page on YouTube, okay. uh, a rising uh, star in this industry. So shout out to Cole. Uh, James is in Cedro Woolley, Washington. I think I pronounced that correctly. Uh, he grew up in Kirksville, Missouri. His dad uh, purchased their family's first color television to watch Super Bowl IV, and he's been a fan ever since. Home of the Truman State Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty cool story. Um, we've got Chris. Uh, he moved to Poland over the summer. We shouted out Chris before he moved to Poland uh, over the summer, but he's flying home to watch the Seahawks game this weekend. So awesome. safe travels, Chris. Uh, we have Trip in Portland, Oregon. He mentioned it's not far from where my career began with the Salem-Kaiser Volcanoes, which is very true. It's 45 minutes south of Portland. Uh, he's proudly representing the Pacific Northwest Kingdom. And then we have another one, another tie to uh, that area. Adam is in Salem-Kaiser, Oregon, where my career began with the no, Volcanoes. One of them is from Salem-Kaiser? Yes. So the Volcanoes, if you didn't know this for anyone listening, uh, were a single-A affiliate of the San Francisco Giants. And I originally wanted to work in baseball, and I was a PR guy for the Salem Kaiser Volcanoes way back in the day. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think they exist anymore, but um, way back in the day, I worked for them. He, Adam, has lived in Salem Kaiser for 30 years. His dad was a Raiders fan, but so naturally, Adam decided to be a Chiefs fan, to be a rebel, right? And he's been a fan ever since. He declared Salem Kaiser as the capital of Kingdom Northwest. So shout out to Salem Kaiser. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. And yeah. I didn't give you my Christmas list yet, but <laughs> it is a Salem Kaiser Volcano t-shirt. I guess I'll put it out there for all to see. I have a crew neck. So, I'll bring it yeah, in. Okay, I'll just wear it and give it back to you one day. I just want to wear it around to uh, re remember the Salem Kaiser Volcanoes. Yes. I've got another one to add. Uh, and 
not everyone gets to be with their loved ones during the holidays. And this was sent to me by a super Chiefs fan. His name is Skylar Campbell, uh, but he is part of the Kansas National Guard. Now, the National Guard were our first soldiers, right, the militia, uh, basically uh, the citizen soldier, if you will. But this is coming from the 2nd Battalion, 130th Field Artillery Group with the 250th Ford Support Company. They are in Kuwait wow. right now, and they are gigantic Chiefs fans. They have sent me a picture that I'll put on Twitter. I'll put it on social uh, so that people can see what they've done in Kuwait, and it's cleared uh, so that we can put it on there because we want to protect the you know, identity and position and, and respect them. But it just brought into light how there's, of course, Chiefs fans all over the world, but there are those women and men who do not get to be home uh, for the holidays who are serving our country. And I know we talk about it during Salute to Service a lot, but with the Chiefs, Salute to Service is year-round, quite honestly. But I'm thinking of Skylar Campbell and the guardsmen um, that are there in Kuwait that are Chiefs fans. They're nine hours ahead, but they'll be intently uh, involved in this game against the Seahawks. But a shout-out and happy holidays, Merry Christmas to Skylar and the rest of his group and that forward uh, support unit. Yeah, that's so cool. First yeah. of all, it's probably much warmer in Kuwait right now. But uh, we thank Skylar and, and everyone in our armed forces for allowing us to do what we do, because without them, we would not be able to talk about football for a living, right? And yeah. one thing that I think is so cool about sports, and particularly our team, is I hope that when individuals like Skylar are overseas, they can turn on the game if they're able. They can read an article. They can listen to our podcast, and they're connected to home for a little bit. These Ford support companies are very, very important because many times they have to be on point. They would be at the point uh, or near the point of, let's say, a convoy. So that's where we go with this edition of Staying on Point, or SOP, if you will, as here comes the Seattle Seahawks for a Christmas Eve uh, game at noon on a Saturday here. And for just setting this up, the Seahawks are desperate. This is a prideful franchise. We've seen it, the 12. Right, we've seen uh, what they've, they've been consistent winners, much like the Chiefs have been, and now they're setting at seven and seven. I saw NFL.com had them about a 35% chance to make the playoffs in the NFC, but their players have come out and said, hey, they're desperate to win. So for the Chiefs, and you've heard this too, hey, winning the division seven straight times, you guys are making a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, we are, but it's it's also stopped. And Patrick Mahomes is even echoing what we have done. And now you go back to stay on point. Be very, very focused on what's at hand next. And what's at hand next is getting a one seed in the AFC, and it's still there. But there's this collision now of two teams on Christmas Eve that both have very, very pointed uh, focus for this game and their desired effect. Yeah, the Seahawks season is interesting because it shows how expectations change over time, right? So coming into this season, I think it would be fair to say no one really expected much from the Seahawks this year. They just traded Russell Wilson, let Bobby Wagner go. I think people kind of assumed it might be a rebuilding kind of year for the Seahawks. They might be drafting highly uh, in the upcoming draft. But Geno Smith, what a season for him and what a season for this team. They start 6-3. and three. It seems like they'll be a lock for the playoffs at that point, but they're 1-4 in four in their last five games. And we can talk about the reasons why we think they are 1-4 in four in their last five, but it's a team fighting for their playoff lives, a team that has a lot of heart. We've seen that all year long. Started in week one when they beat the Broncos when Russell Wilson made his return to Seattle, right? They fought with that heart all year long, but certainly battling for their playoff lives right now. And you're right about the Chiefs. The one seed is right there. It's right there for the Chiefs. They have the same record as the Bills right now. And if the Bills slip up once and the Chiefs can win out, the Chiefs will get that one seed. 
But it's very important you don't worry too much about what the Bills are doing or look too far ahead. These games are not gimmies that the Chiefs have coming up. Got to beat Seattle and then two games against divisional opponents coming up. So every single week is very important. And this week in particular, it's going to be a chilly one uh, mm -hmm. here in Kansas City. Got to take care of business. Yeah, Geno Smith. I'll tell you who really respects Geno Smith is Andy Reid. He talks many times about interviewing him. Uh, the Chiefs looked at him when he was coming out of West Virginia. Uh, the fact that Geno, though, is the renaissance man. Here's just <laughs> as we move on. But he's had 11 games now in a row. He's had two-plus touchdown passes. That's nearing a Seahawk record. And to put that in perspective, Patrick Mahomes has 10 such games. Uh, he's number one in passer rating in, in passes of 21-plus air yards. Uh, and he's just – it's been crazy. I went back and looked. He played 15 games in six years. In those 15 games, Matt, those weren't really games. Those are kneel downs or blowouts. There's no real stats. And for him to just be, oh, the highest rated passer in the National Football League in this 10th year is kind of crazy. It's honestly the kind of thing that if this was like a Disney movie, we'd yeah. watch it and be like, this isn't realistic. Yeah. This isn't real football. The guy hasn't been a full-time starter and since Dennis 2014. Qua would be Randy Quaid or Dennis Quaid? Who would play him in this? Uh, oh, man. Well, it had to be different. <laughs> no, I wouldn't play Gino. Uh, yeah, they could be, be Pete Carroll. Yeah, maybe, yeah, they'd be Pete Carroll in this movie. I'm trying to think who would play him. Denzel Washington, maybe? Yeah, he would be perfect in that role. Yeah, kind of an older guy, but... Yeah, Kevin Hart's too small. Uh, but, yeah, but yeah, it's a Disney movie for sure. Yeah, it really is. Like I said, hasn't been a full-time starter since 2014 and comes in. And, I, again, just like when I was mentioning earlier, there weren't many expectations for the Seahawks this year. I don't think anyone really had that many expectations for Geno Smith. No. But here he is. I mean, he's proving everyone wrong, and credit to him. Uh, you mentioned a few of his numbers this year. He leads the NFL in completion percentage. And why is that so impressive? Well, you mentioned his passer rating on deep passes this year. A lot of times players that lead the NFL NFL and completion percentage, it's all short stuff, right? Well, he's throwing the ball deep downfield with a lot of success as well. He has 49 attempts this year of 20 or more air yards this season. That's 13th in the NFL and only two behind Patrick Mahomes, who does it all the time. Uh, he's second in the NFL in passer rating overall, and he's fourth in passing touchdowns with 26. The only players with more are Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. Uh, he has 11 games this year with multiple passing touchdowns. That's most in the NFL. Nine games with a passer rating of 100 or more. Uh, that's most in the NFL. And for him, it really boils down to his accuracy and his ability to avoid turnovers. The issue, though, is in the last five games for the Seahawks, he's given the ball away seven times, has contributed to some of these losses. It's the first time, well, let's put it this way. He's the NFC leader in touchdown passes. Mahomes is the AFC leader in touchdown passes. First time. Those, the leader of the AFC is meeting the leader of the NFC this deep into the season since Mahomes versus Russell Wilson in 2018 wow. uh, in Seattle. All right, let's talk about the weather, first of all, because we're talking wind chill here of below zero. Now, it got me thinking of the coldest games in my brief 29 years as the voice of the Chiefs. Uh, there is that infamous playoff game my second year where Lynn Elliott missed all the field goals. Um, Steve Bono was colorblind, uh, throwing to the guys in the white shirts that were the Colts. It was like 11 degrees that day. There's another nine-degree game in 2000, late in the year, where the Chiefs won the game, actually, uh, to keep playoff hopes alive. And then there was the game, I think, against the Titans. i got to look at this. It's uh, Yeah, in 2016, it was zero. Yep. That's the one you're thinking of, too. It, it sure is, because yeah. that was one of my first games ever as a Chiefs employee. Now, I was an intern way back then, and I came on midseason. But I was a Chiefs intern for that game. It was December 18th, 2016, against the Titans. 
I think it was one degree on the field. And people exaggerate. What's the windshield? Do you remember the windshield in there? Oh, I don't. But, I mean, it was truly unbelievable. It was, like, hilariously cold. Like, you'd be on the field and start laughing because you didn't think it could be that cold. <laughs> and I was brand new, right? So, nowadays, when we're on the field doing our pregame show and everything, I bundle up like crazy. Like, I'm going to the pro shop later today to get a jacket for us because it's going to be so cold on Saturday. But back then, I had been an employee for, like, five days. I just wore a suit. And suits are not warm, especially if it's only one degree outside. But one thing I remember about it, it was like eerie because, you know, we have a heated field. So there's steam coming off the field. And there was players walking around like Chris Conley with no sleeves on. It's like, dude, you are crazy. So I can't, you know, I was cold just standing there. I can't imagine playing in it. But that's the game I think of. And I believe, so right now, this could change obviously, but right now it's supposed to be 12 degrees at kickoff on Saturday. That Titans game was the last time it was that cold for the Chiefs in any game, anywhere in the country. So for those of you braving the elements on Saturday, I respect you. And we need you braving the elements. This is the call to arms from Coach Reed. Have you noticed all week long every day it's like we got to have you in the stands, hand warmer, foot warmer, get warm, but we got to have you in the stands. I think he's worried about some no-shows here uh, on Christmas Eve. So you're thinking, well, wait a minute, there have been four straight AFC championship games here. We've been fortunate the last two AFC champ balmy, 40 and 37 degrees. But the two prior to that, now you go, well, Patrick Mahomes has never played in this weather. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, against the Patriots, and then the following year in 2019 against the Titans, it was 17 degrees and 18 degrees in those two games. Now, the wind chill wasn't crazy, but it wasn't like you were on spring break you know, in Cancun. Yeah, shout out to Greg Tonge, one of my office mates. He was asking <laughs> about uh, how cold it was in the AFC Championship game against the Titans back in 2019. You're right, that was a very chilly one. And sometimes these things are deceiving because the temperature that's recorded is at kickoff. And in that game, it was like a 3 o'clock kickoff, right? So it was the sun was at least out, but as the sun goes down, it gets really cold. Oh, and that boy. game toward the end was extremely cold. The good news is I was running off so much adrenaline uh, that the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl for the first time in 50 years, and I was on the field that I didn't really feel it much. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty chilly that day, and, and Patrick Mahomes was just fine. What a day that was. All right, staying on point. So staying on point here is concentrating with the cold weather. It's been a discussion throughout the building this week, um, and, and that leads to turnovers for both of these teams. It's really interesting. Seattle has been opportunistic. They have forced 21 takeaways. It gets your attention. Tariq Woolen is a guy that you and I both loved in, in looking at the draft this year out of UTSA, the Fighting Roadrunners. 6'4", 210, leads the NFL with six interceptions. That gets your attention. For the Chiefs, we know it's been much discussed. Here's Kansas City with 11-3 record, trying to get that one seed wrestled away from the Bills, who own the tiebreaker. And the Chiefs are minus six in the giveaway takeaway. Now, big shout-out here to Derek Nelson, a uh, combo friend for us, lives in Houston. The turnover thing's bugging him, man. He just jumped into this. He goes, let me do some thinking into the turnovers. The Chiefs in these turnovers, one was at the end of a 14-play 80-yard drive. Another one was at the end of a 66-yard drive. Another a 71-yard drive. The Chiefs were on their way to score. And why am I bringing this up? And 16 of the 21 turnovers have led to uh, enemy points and five, 10 touchdowns of those 21 turnovers. Why do you bring that up? Because I'm telling you, it is so close to changing the way the world looks in a drastic fashion 
if the Chiefs can get that just closer to zero over the next three weeks, starting with this cold game against the Seahawks. Yeah, that minus six number kind of stands out at you. Uh, the Chiefs have turned the ball over in nine consecutive games. Very unchief like mm-hmm. you know. And what's amazing about them is their offense still leads the NFL in just about every single category. And that's what hurts about the giveaways, because you're so right. Every single time, it seems like they're marching down the field. And it's like a guy's getting yards after the catch and the ball gets punched out. Stuff like that. It's not like the Chiefs are turning the ball over on third and ten inside their own 20 consistently. right? They're moving down the field and you feel like you gave points away whenever it happens. And then the other offense scores and it's like a 14-point swing. So the Chiefs are fortunate. And it's a testament to how good they are that they're still 11-3 and at this point in the season despite the giveaways. Right. But I think that's one of our main emphasis areas. These last three games of the year going into the postseason is try to clean that up. And you mentioned how Seattle has been very opportunistic this year about forcing turnovers. They haven't forced one in uh, either of their last two games. So let's keep that trend going for them and for the Chiefs. Let's have a game where we play a clean game, no turnovers, move the ball down the field. And I think everyone will feel much better about this offense because they should feel good. The offense is one of the best offenses of the last 10 years. If you look at a lot of these numbers, if you take out those giveaways, it'll be even better. Yeah, that screwdriver you've got for the must-be-assembled toy, which is terrifying to me. You must assemble it. <laughs> me too. Uh, and yeah, that screwdriver, if you just crank it a couple turns to the left to get the turnover margin squeezed back, because the Chiefs are 30th. It's not just the turnovers, but they're 30th in 76 giveaway points. Roughly three-fourths of the points given up this season by the Chiefs are the results, direct result or the sublime result, of a giveaway so if you just get that turned a bit things could look drastically different and if you look at the Seahawks you mentioned um, that they've been opportunistic we're discussing that they've also got 20 giveaways these guys have 11 fumbles only the Indianapolis Colts have more fumbles than the Seattle Seahawks and frankly when you're talking about a team like Seattle that is exceeding expectations this season it's not disrespectful to say they have to go out there and play a perfect game That's what they try to do every single time. And early on in the season, they found success doing that. But lately, in this one-and-four skid that they're currently in, like I said, Geno Smith has turned the ball over seven times. That's more than he had previously uh, all season combined, I believe. So those turnovers add up quickly. And when you're a team like Seattle, who's been very good this season, but you don't have a lot of margin for error, can't turn the football over. And that's what they've been doing lately. Uh, For the Chiefs' defense, let's keep forcing those turnovers here in this one. The other thing would be able, hopefully, the Chiefs can run the ball. This is a Seattle team that's next to last in the league. Houston's last. Saw them last week. Uh, but what's happened recently for the Seahawks, remember, they started 6-3. and three. They've lost four of the last five games. And a big part of this, in five straight games, they have allowed 160-plus rushing yards. If it's a sixth game, that's tied now. What it is now, it's tied for the longest streak in 25 seasons. If the Chiefs can get a sixth straight game of 160-plus rushing, it'll be the most since the 1995 Arizona Cardinals. Cold weather, hang on to the ball. Can you run the ball and get big running plays? Because these guys have also allowed 550-plus runs, the Seahawks. The league average, Matt, is one. You can get some chunk plays, perhaps. Yeah, you certainly can. And the good news for the Chiefs, I really think they've found a groove with the running game now between Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon. They rushed for 189 yards last week as a team against Houston. That matched a season high. They're really finding their groove here uh, with this rushing attack. And it's not just on the ground. It's also through the air. We've seen what Jarek McKinnon can do as a pass catcher on this team. I say he's the sneaky MVP of this team, and I believe it more and more every single week. But I want to see both McKinnon and Pacheco 
have good games in this one, spell each other often. Pacheco has at least 60 rushing yards in six consecutive games. Only two other guys have an active streak like that right now. Uh, I believe Josh Jacobs and Justin Fields. So only one other running back. So uh, for both of those guys in this game, should be a good opportunity for them to move the football. And you're right, on a cold day like this, I'm excited to see how Isaiah Pacheco runs. He runs so violently, and on a really chilly day, not going to be fun tackling Isaiah Pacheco. And those 65-plus rushing yards in each of the last six games, that's tied for second in Chiefs history with Joe Delaney for rookies. Wow. Only Kareem Hunt's 2017 season, which was phenomenal, led the NFL, is better. So it gives you an idea of Pacheco, and you know that he's kind of revved up and ready to go. He didn't like the fumble last week. Uh, that's stuck in his, you know, like bad food in his stomach, but he's probably ready to go. But you would think against the Seattle defense, who is respected in this building, the Chiefs should be able to get a balance and run the ball. The other thing is points allowed. Uh, they're 30th. The Seahawks are in 30 in points allowed. That's the third worst in Seattle history. Think of Legion of Boom here, the history they have defensively. But this is the worst since the first two years of Seattle's existence, the 76 expansion team and 77 uh, back when the Seattle Seahawks were born. So you would think run the ball, get some points, um, and take care of business and stay on point. Yeah, they've lost two games this year in which they scored 30 points. Yeah. It's very difficult to win football games and you're scoring a whole bunch, but yet you're still being outscored. Uh, for the Chiefs' offense this year, I mean, last week against the, the Texans is deceiving, right, offensively, because they didn't light up the scoreboard, yet Patrick Mahomes had a stellar game. The running game was working. Lots of good things were happening for the offense. They moved consistently. The issue was the giveaways, which we talked about, and penalties. Ten penalties in that game. You can't have that. That was just negating huge gains over and over again. If you take that out, if the Chiefs can clean that up, this is another great opportunity for them to have a great day offensively. Uh, and for Patrick Mahomes having an MVP caliber year, we believe he is the MVP this year, go out and have another great game. Yeah, another thing as we close out here, though, is sometimes games feel like it starts like the last plays like the first play, meaning the intensity. Staying on point is being on point for all 70 or 80 plays that you're going to be involved with if you're a chief on offense or defense. The Seahawks are third best in the league. I was looking at this. Um, in points off their first possession, they have 44. Only Philadelphia and Minnesota, Matt, are better on their first possession which tells you about Pete Carroll, tells you about the first 15, but they're used to scoring on their first offensive possession. And part of that is establishing the run, right? And that's a major key for the Chiefs in this game defensively is you cannot let Seattle establish the run. If you're looking at areas uh, of this team and, hey, why were they so good early and not so good over the last five weeks, it is the running game. So during their 6-3 and three start from weeks 1 through 9, they were 7th in the NFL in total rushing yards and 3rd in rushing average. But during this five-game skid right now where they're 1-4 and four in their last five games, uh, they are last in the NFL in rushing yards and 30th in rushing average. Uh, when they were third in rushing average, the uh, weeks one through nine, it was over five yards per carry. Now it's under four yards per carry. So it's a big difference. Uh, they have Ken Kenneth Walker, of course, a rookie out of Michigan State. He's had some moments in this league, but do not have Rashad Penny, uh, who was really good for them early on this year. This running game has struggled, and we don't expect Tyler Lockett to play in this game. So if the running game is struggling and Tyler Lockett is not out there for them, puts a lot of pressure on Geno Smith and DK Metcalf. Uh, and the Chiefs defense needs to make sure that they are up for that challenge. They force the Seahawks to beat uh, them with someone other than DK Metcalf, right? And the first step in that is stopping the run, forcing them to abandon the run, and putting it all on Geno. Yeah, protection's an issue for them, too. They've allowed three-plus sacks in five straight games. Uh, and Geno can run, but still, it's been the run game and protection game, and that's why they're in a slide. But they will come in 
desperate. And I just realized who will have play Geno Smith in the Disney movie. Who's that? Why wouldn't Will Smith play him? Oh, yeah, that's perfect. Come on, right? The age, kind of the same kind of, you know, body type. Yeah. So Will Smith will be Geno Smith in the Disney movie coming your way. Who will but be you, though, in the booth? You have to be I'm in the movie. Because I'm in the, doing the Geno Smith? Well, because it's the Chiefs Seahawks game. This will be a low point for them because they're going to lose this game, right? And you have to be in the booth calling it. Maybe they go on to win the NFC Championship and we see him again in the Super Bowl. Uh, but. Who looks like me? Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> That's a good uh, one. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, for the Chiefs, it's the spirit here, SOP. Stay on point. Merry Christmas and happy holidays from all of us at Defending the Kingdom. Ten, five, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins at Arrowhead. <laughs>